The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. A lot of kids were taking finals, um, and I thought it would be a good idea to give you all a final exam for this ending of the so, yeah, so I want to, you know, we've been taking attendance, so we know who's been cutting, <laughs> who's been slacking off, who's been coming to the services. Um, so, but we're not just going to give you a test today. We're, gonna, we're going to do a little review uh, of many of the services that we did this past year. We're going to give you a little sampling of some of them. Um, so, we'll just get started with that. We discussed the importance of developing one-to-one relationships in our social justice efforts. In that service, we heard the following. Bill Milliken, a veteran young youth activist, is often asked which programs turn around kids' lives. He responded by saying, I still haven't seen one program change one kid's life, what changes people is relationships. Somebody willing to walk through the shadow of the valley of adolescence would be. In this same service, another example of the importance of relationships was told in a reading by Father Gregory Boyle, whose ministry involved getting gang members off the streets and into the workforce. He said, In Africa, they say, a person becomes a person through other people. There can be no doubt that those I have served have returned me to myself. I've learned with their patient guidance, that our common human hospitality longs to find room for those who are left out. Perhaps together we can teach each other how to bear the beams of love. Persons becoming persons right before our eyes return to ourselves. Now we're going to do reading two. We're going to go out of order. (laughs) From our service, the eighth principle, where we began to investigate some of the potential changes to Article 2 of the UUA bylaws, which includes our Unitarian Universalist principles, we had the following reading. John was a die-hard union man who came from a long line of union men. His grandfather and great-grandfather had been coal miners. His father-in-law had been an auto worker. To John, factories were places where the working class fought pitched battles with the company for higher pay and shorter working hours. He traced his identity to the miners and steel workers who had been beaten, arrested, and even killed for demanding an eight-hour workday and a day off every week. That's why Nothing stuck in John's crawl like the phrase, white privilege. 
The words implied that his people had been handed a middle-class life simply because they were white. In John's mind, his people had not been given dignity, leisure time, safer working conditions, or decent wages just because they were white. They had fought for those things, and some of them had died in the fight. Then the bosses announced that the factory would close and the production would be moved to Mexico. The workers were then asked to train their Mexican replacements. The union reps, nearly all of whom were white, saw training their replacements as a mortal sin, akin to crossing a picket line. But many black workers and women did not agree. It had not been so long ago, after all, that the white man had refused to train them. Black workers had not forgotten how the union had treated their fathers and uncles. Many considered the refusal to the train the Mexicans racist. The most unapologetic trainers were black. From our service, does anybody know what we're doing? were seemingly intractable problems involving child labor, economic marginalization, and gun violence have humbled our social justice efforts, theologian Sharon Welch admitted that despite our best intentions, we sometimes don't know how to solve these problems. She relates the need for humility in our efforts, and that in spite of these intractable problems, we remain committed to the art of working for peace and justice for all beings, even as we admit that we do not know how to bring these things to a world of suffering. Our present contexts demand enough honesty and self-awareness that we might catch a glimpse of our own delusions as we do our work. From our service, it's not too late regarding being good stewards of the environment. Native American holy man John Fire Langear relates that all creatures exist for a purpose. Even an ant knows that what that purpose is. Only human beings have come to the point where they no longer know why they exist. They have forgotten the secret language of their bodies, their senses, and their dreams. 
they don't use the knowledge that spirit has put in each one of them. They're not even aware of this. And so they stumble along blindly on the road to nowhere. A paved highway, which they themselves bulldoze and make smooth so that they can get there faster to the big empty hole, which they'll find at the end, waiting to swallow them up. It's a quick, comfortable superhighway, but I know where it leads to. I've seen it. I've been there in my vision, and it makes me shudder to think of it. But Master Cousin, in our service, the ox herding pictures, Korean Zen monk Master Cousin summarized the path of Zen. A tangle of thorny bushes, the faint murmur of running water, but here and there are footprints. Is this the right path? If you want to pierce its nose and tie it up, do not rely on someone else's strength. Advancing with difficulty, the ox's nose is pierced, but this fiery nature is hard to control. Dragged here and there, you stray through cloud-covered forests. Fearing that it may fall into a steep and perilous path, you hold it tight with whip and bridle, and with the strength of both legs firmly hold your ground. Once past this critical moment, the ox comes following you. Sitting astride the ox, the noble person happily returns. The sounds of this flute mingle with the crimson sky. He has discovered the garden of joy. Bright moon and cool wind, what a splendid home. Sitting all alone, the ox has gone away. Even if you doze until sunrise, what use would be a whip and bridle? You cheerfully come and go. How could you not always laugh? My very own treasure is recovered. All those efforts spent in vain. The mountains and water are just as they are. So is the bird among the flowers. Ragged and barefooted, you approach the market in the streets, even covered in dust. Why would the laughter cease? The bees and butterflies are happy because flowers are bloomed with a withered tree. <laughs> service, who is God's mom, we explore the mystery that surrounds God, faith, and our biggest questions. Taoist philosopher Deng Mingdao related that. We cannot know Tao directly because it has no definitions, references, or names. Yes, it is precisely that colorless infinity that is the underlying reality of this life. 
The only way to fathom it is to remove our sense of division from it. In, a, in essence, we must plunge into the mystery itself. Only then will we know peace. From our service celebrating the ministry of Unitarian Minister William Valerie Channing, we read the following poem by Jory Taggart. We are quilts, taking bits of all that is out there, a little of this shirt, that dress, or this theology, that ritual, cutting it up, taking from it uniquely in sync with the core of our being, and we call those scraps our own. But you can't leave your quilt in pieces. No, you have to then sew it all back together and make them a coherent whole. It would be easier to use a blanket, and that may take care of many people's needs. But we ask more of those who enter our churches. We ask them to be quilters, each and every one of them. Please join with me in in the words to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. All right, the final will be next week. <laughs> you will have a sub. I will not be here. <laughs> okay. Reminder that we're going to have cake afterwards, so stick around for that. I'll conclude our service. Uh, from our service, uh, sir, uh, people so bold, the Reverend Mar Marilyn Sewell writes, I'm convinced that whatever is life-denying, what is repressive and false, will be known as such. And the people who are basically good will find a new way. Let us be some of those who step out and lead, who dare once again to bless the world. Go in peace and enjoy your week. Amen. The Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Thanks you for listening to The Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay. <laughs>